Well, hello, and welcome to the 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by some very handsome people today. Missy? I know handsome. Mike? All the handsome. Tommy? Hey, <laughs> it's me. And our handsomest guest, Viam. Yo. <laughs> we are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we are bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. How are you doing here in the... Every, Sunday night. <laughs> I know words. Oh, man, that was rough. Oh, I know, I'm sorry. Okay, how's everyone doing, though? I'm doing great. First, we're starting off with you. How are you doing, Amy? Great. I'm doing great. What's going on with you? Oh, so much. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's been a very busy week, and packing, and getting things situated, and cleaning, and I finally sold my car, and yeah, very excited. Um, I I posted on Facebook Marketplace and it, right before I went to work. And by the time I got home from work, I had 350 people message me about it. <laughs> so <laughs> just a little overwhelming. And then the next day, I the guy came in and took it away. So perfect. It's gone. Um, yeah, it's gone. I don't got word by no more. Bye bye. So yeah, it's been very productive, very exciting. Yeah, I'm just exhausted. There's been a, it's just a lot going on. I'm not like Mike levels of a lot going on, but like <laughs> in my own personal way, I got a lot going on. <laughs> I have more than two things going on. <coughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have like the five families, 28 cats, four different schools and six different jobs that I attend like Mike does, but I still had a pretty busy week, okay? <laughs> mm. I also had a vehicle-related thing I got done this week. I finally went to the DMV and got my real ID documents taken care of to upgrade my (laughs) driver's license. So that's all done. So downside, I had to go to the DMV, although really, really efficient. I was like in and out of there. It was amazing. Shortest time I ever spent there. Pretty impressive. Upside, as a side effect, I also got to update my political affiliation, which I forgot that was something you could do there. So when they're going through all the questions, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, would you no. like to make any changes to your political affiliation? My head jotted up. I'm like, I can do that here? Yes, please, please, please. Let's do that. So I am now officially a registered Democrat. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, to the dark side. I was about to say that. <laughs> I'm officially a registered mole man for president. Uh, <laughs> the mole man will rise. And a bonus, uh, an additional bonus, my ticket number for waiting to be seen was 420. Uh, let's go Uh, let's go (laughs) i've never had a problem with the dmv anywhere i've lived except Mm. for maryland maryland is Mm. always busy always massive lines anytime i've gone always complicated everywhere every other state i've lived in which is a lot has been relatively easy i also went to the dmv and got my driver's license because i passed the test because i yay, failed yay. the driver's test the first time and i cannot believe it. I, I was yay. like i got this it's totally fine yeah driving it's easy and uh, there were some stupid questions on the driver's test and it wasn't 
I'll give an example. It was something about headlights and it was how far should you turn your head headlamps off? And I always selected the largest distance that they had because that seemed like the appropriate answer. I hate when I for high beams, high beams. Yeah. I okay. hate when people have high beams and oh, yeah. I selected the largest answers and those were incorrect. Apparently it was smaller answers than the largest number. So it was questions like that. I failed and I felt really stupid and I went back and passed it with flying colors. Yeah. yeah. Good. Just good, 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 to good. clarify for our listeners, this wasn't you taking the driver's test for the first time. It this was, was. It was. I've you never had driven get... before. Okay. All right. You know, that's like, <laughs> you know how did you get across country? Driven. Was it Aaron? Aaron yeah. <laughs> towed you around? She's your little chauffeur? No, Louie. So the reason why, <laughs> the reason why Maryland, that DMV has improved so much is because of the pandemic, you can no longer walk in. You can only do appointments. And the appointments are scheduled at specific times. Hmm. So I just showed up and was almost immediately called and boom, 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 done. And you can check in on your phone. You don't have to go stand in a line and then go stand in another line. So it was very, very efficient. I really hope that they keep it that way. So I also had to go to the DMV this week <laughs> so I could return my tags. And I didn't actually need an appointment because with tags, you just hand them in it takes Drop like box or a minute and you're done you and i use two different stations i went to the dmv headquarters up near me no i know but i'm just saying they have a line yeah. specifically for tag returns oh yeah so i just turned at this one yeah oh yeah so i just turned them in and they're like okay do you need a receipt nice. yep there you go and i was like bye and uh my roommate was waiting out in the car in the uh, parking lot and was like already like seat back, relax, watching a video. I was like, we got to go. He goes, I thought you were going to be way longer. It's the DMV. I was like, yeah, but it was tag returns, which is way better. <laughs> so yeah, that was nice. So Tommy, did you go to the DMV? I was going to say, I did not go to the DMV <laughs> at all. <laughs> Let's go. I don't have to sit there. Oh, I will say though, two very important things that happened to me this week is i finished elden ring very important great game and started game. it again started <laughs> it again <laughs> that's the same thing though and then i was watching clone wars the animated series i don't like that show and everyone knows i don't like that show but i'm watching it for liam specifically there's one episode in it where it made me realize clowns don't scare me and the circus doesn't scare me. It's the music that comes with the circus that scares me. Because it's oh. so repetitive. It's like, dun, 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 dun. And like, you, when you hear that for 30 minutes on repeat, that's where I'm like, I feel like I am sitting in my own little brain ja jail cell while I have to <laughs> listen to this. It's like you take the worst parts of jazz, and then that's... That is uh, circus music. And I hate <laughs> circus music. I didn't realize it until watching it but i hate circus music advent hater of circus music here i can say uh, it one more time if you'd like circus music i can't <laughs> remember i i heard something in passing and it's probably not true so take this with a grain of salt but a lot of your modern circus music is like sped up russian orchestral music oh. that has been like they they take certain parts of like epic songs that were written in the past and then they speed them up for the circus to make it a little bit more funny and like oh yeah this is this is bouncy and exciting but if you if you imagine slowing that it comes like a orchestral waltz at that point interesting yeah see waltzes are fine 
Yeah. Circus music is not. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Do you, I don't know if anyone's ever actually been to a show or not, but have you guys ever seen um, the Circus Delay shows? Circus Delay, no. Oh, those are we, the only kind of circus well, I like. I've never been to one, but I've seen, you know, a bunch of videos for it. Aaron and I are trying to figure out a show to see while we're in Vegas this summer. And that might be one of them. I've always wanted to see Penn and Teller. Like that is one of my like goals in life was just to see them in a live show. And they are doing basically a two month break from performing about a week before we get there until July. Oh, so I was like, no. Oh. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, good. But we might go see live circuit slay, which is great. I mean, it's just a totally different type of theater experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I've seen, I've, seen a lot of like the shows that they had on like the pbs channels or whatever Mm -hmm. and i have a few on dvd actually but i actually got to go to one live for a theater thing during school during high school and it was so much fun like the energy is so electric and the the they have live music it's not like a track that's you know recorded and it's cool because not only is like the live music but like the singers and everything are all part of the show so they're all done up in costume and it's all like it's all very, very well planned out um, and everything is like in sync with everything. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And even their quote unquote clowns are not like the creepy clowns you would see at like a circus, but just, you know, some fun comical relief in between the different acts that you see. But it, yeah, it, they usually tell a beautiful story and I would highly recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen or gone to a show to go to one of them. I, I think they're brilliant. So. Did you know that? You should definitely do that. Like clowning. Everybody thinks of clowns as like Bozo the Clown, right? That's your your idea is, you know, this giant red nose and big feet wearing these super baggy clothes and stuff. But clowning is actually a very difficult art form to do, especially after stuff like it came out. It has been sort of on the decline because obviously people are scared of clowns and that they're scared of the, the idea. But I used to live in Brattleboro, Vermont, and there is a like very prestigious clown school there, which teaches you the ways in order to be a clown. And we had a, a theater teacher, both Amy and I, and he was fully supporting the idea of clowns because clowns aren't always that Bozo the Clown style. There's a lot of different ways that you could do clowning and performing, but it's nonverbal theater, really. It's not just, you know, the idea of miming it's it's performing and doing this crazy act that gets a bunch of people involved and i think that the idea of clowns you you may not see them anymore just because of, everybody's kind of scared of them but there there are a bunch of hmm. clowning acts that are you know non-verbal performance based which is which is really cool it's, I, it's always something i've been kind of interested in is figuring out how to do all that ridiculously athletic and non-verbal performance but you know i just i gave up because I won't ever shut up. Is the origin <laughs> of clowning like court gesturing, basically? I believe clowning actually goes back to Greek theater. Oh, wow. And sort of spawns from there. At least if I can remember back to my my high school theater teacher uh, telling us this. But yeah, a lot of it kind of goes back to that. Court gesturing is sort of the same thing. The idea of just being the, the bard or the entertainer. Being a, but, a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that like Shakespeare relied heavily on those kind of side characters that were meant as like the quote unquote clown. uh, Yeah, the fool to give that comic relief and to they were also usually somehow the ones that could always like they were always like the key piece to the whole sort of 
especially in his comedies. They were the key piece to like figuring everything out or tying everything together. Or they um, were like, like the yeah, narrator mostly. of everything, kind of just uh, observing. Yeah, I would say sometimes, but it, it's also because he did have a lot of like silent clowns and it was mostly just like, you know, this character stumbles across the stage or whatever mm. it might be. But yeah, our theater teacher, he was a very big advocate that high school students could do theater and do theater well. And a lot of, oh, sorry, high school students could do Shakespeare and could do Shakespeare well. And so a lot of the plays that we were in had were either directly Shakespearean or somehow had to do with Shakespeare. And at least when when I was uh, in high school. And it was really, really fun to see. I, I, a lot of the roles I'd get, I was not like a lead role getter. I don't know what that officially is. But <laughs> you, no, no, no. I, I would never really get the leads in anything. But that was okay because I always got these fun side clown parts. And it was a lot of fun just kind of running around stage and a lot of times being silent, but doing that sort of nonverbal comedy and kind of just being there or making faces and, and um, yeah, having a fun time and, and really uh, in, enjoying playing this small part, but feeling very intricate in the grand scheme of things. You got to enjoy the role instead of being stressed out over the role. Yeah. Well, I was probably still stressed out because I was performing on stage and I want to throw up, but I had a lot of fun. <laughs> he basically, instead of just being a theater teacher that would show you, hey, we're going to do cats in high school or something, which is what almost everybody in any other theater department I've ever seen. He was like, we are going to do something that's based upon ancient Greek or Roman theater or Shakespeare yeah. or something that was so different than any other thing. And he would challenge us to find those roles to be funny to be dramatic and you know it was it was definitely a transformative period of my life obviously um because that's where i sort of fell in love with music and theater and all that because he really pushed us to to not just learn the piece that we were performing but he pushed us to learn the the reasons why we were performing it a lot of times. Mm -hmm. There's a musical called uh, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. And it's a it's a really great piece that is a throwback to like ancient Greek theater and classic stylings of, you know, there's a fool and there's these lovers and they try to take all these pieces together. And I remember before we even read the script, he made us read the intro, uh, which was explaining why the writers wrote it and to try to get the idea and understand that they were doing this as a tribute to that style of theater. And that was more informative to me than anything else, because just like we do with story writing here at 1L2N, you try to figure out the, the character designs, the arcs, the story you want to tell, as opposed to just blurting out anything and hoping it's okay. If you learn those sort of fundamental rules ahead of time, you learn how you can twist them to your advantage and how you can better perform. So I, I really think that that theater experience kind of set me on the path that we, we are actually currently on a bit. I will say another cool aspect, just because now that I'm remembering it all, he was also a very big advocate for minimalist sets as well, because he wanted you to sell the set, to sell the atmosphere with your acting and how you were presenting things. And so I think a lot of times theater teachers rely very heavily on, on all the costumes and all the props and all the set pieces. And he would have sets and costumes and props, but it would all be very, very minimalistic 
so that the focus was not on, oh, look how pretty a presentation, but like so to draw to help draw people in to the performance that was actually happening. And I think that that's a cool thing that I've taken away as well is that it's all about your presentation of yourself and your character rather than the pretty words of the music in the background. They can help and they do help. I'm not saying they don't, but it it is nice to know that you yourself are capable of expressing and demonstrating, I don't know, these really cool plays and shows. The atmosphere should support the performance as opposed to the performance supporting the atmosphere. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons he taught me, which was really cool. So we had... In our, our high school, we had a 800-person theater, I think. It was pretty massive was for really big, yeah. the high school. It was huge. And what he would do is try to rope off the back sections and squeeze people in to the smallest part up front that he possibly could. Sorry, Aaron's making noise. Rude. Get That's out of here, Aaron. He, he <laughs> would try to squeeze people into the smallest part spots that they possibly could so we did just like a student production of a couple things and what he would do is actually build a platform in front of the stage and that's where the people would sit was on stage with us and he'd make this tiny little stage on the stage that we performed on so everybody was crammed into one thing and audience size and energy is kind of what i learned there if you're going to be in a performing in a like a rock band or any kind of band doesn't matter if you're going to be performing a comedy show, if you're going to be performing a orchestral piece, you want to pack your theater as much as possible. And if you can't pack that theater, you want to find a smaller venue to do it in if possible, because the show will be so much better if it's performed with a packed theater versus spread out. People will naturally get closer to each other and they'll get that energy. They'll get excited for it. You know, they'll they'll laugh more, they'll cry more if they're closer to each other than if they are spread out in pockets as a 200 people in an 800 person theater. It's something to think about if you're performing live. Make sure your venue meets your audience demand. Mm. Is there a benefit to trying to obtain a larger theater to try to reach a larger audience? Or is it is that what like not demographics? What is it, Missy, where you like try to figure out? who's interested ahead of time what is that called analytics maybe well it's just analyzing the the it's balancing supply and demand right Mm -hmm. yeah you can have a bigger venue with the hope that you're going to sell more tickets but if you have a smaller venue you can promote limited tickets available and then Mm -hmm. when you inevitably sell out it creates a hype behind oh my gosh they're selling out performances well i want to go see them there's only three seats (laughs) (laughs) and one of them has been donated to charity (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it can be a little bit of an artificial supply and demand but the reality is that's how it always works so it's no more or less artificial than any other performance in, in a performance aspect, I cannot think of a single reason why it would be better to undersell compared to selling out. Mm. You know, selling out, maybe yeah. you can do multiple shows. You undersell. Yeah. yeah. There, there is wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Part of filling a room is not just the people in the room. It's also the the noise level of the room. And if you have a smaller room, like Mike was talking about feeding off of one another's energy, 
the energy of the people and the energy of the music or performance is going to fill that entire room and kind of just bounce back and forth. If you're in a much larger room, if you're if it's full of people, that's great because you can fill the air with that noise. But if it's not full of people, you're not going to fill it, which isn't which is going to translate into it being a less electric environment and that just kind of dampens the mood of the entire performance. But I, and I think clowning is kind of one of those things that does feed into a packed audience when there's kind of people there. One of the things that Cirque du Soleil kind of gets away with is they get a lot of audience participation when they use their clowns and they have plenty of clowns in Cirque du Soleil. They're just slightly different than what you would expect at like Barnum and Bailey. They, they voluntold audience members that they're going to perform on stage. And it sometimes works out really great and sometimes not as well, but it's, it's a very deep skill to get them involved. If you had this gigantic audience and then you pick one person, you have a fear going through the audience as that clown's coming up to pick somebody. Everybody in there is going, oh no, I don't want to go on stage. I don't want to go on stage. If you have a tiny audience in a giant spot, then it, it will not work nearly as well as if you have a small or if you have a large audience to, to choose from. So Cirque du Soleil is pretty good with that with clowning. You know what helps with that fear? Alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. having been somebody pulled on stage to perform with the performers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, that is a very difficult thing in live theater is to pull a non-willing participant on stage and make it work and make them feel like when they leave stage, like, yes, that was fun. I'm glad that I got pulled on stage. That's, it's very difficult, and it, you have to choose correctly for it. I was going to say, one of, one of the other things I, I enjoy about clowns is the way that they dress, because clowns don't necessarily look like Bozo the Clown. Sometimes they look like absolutely crazy. And one of the best ways that I can think of people being clowns is cosplay. When they go to a arena or any kind of thing, where like event, and they dress up in a ridiculous outfit, I think that is a modern version of clowning. Mm-hmm. I think that you are, you're putting on a costume and performing for people around you. And it is, it is amateur, but it is a, a version of drawing attention to yourself and showing like, ta-da, this is the way, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big performance piece for a lot of people. I think clowning to, is a more narrow definition and putting on a crazy costume or putting on a costume that's distinctly different from what people wear today is not the only criteria. No, and I'm just saying it's a modern version of clowning, right? I mean, it never existed in the past. Cosplay is more of a modern thing, right? I mean, I actually don't know, but I seriously doubt that in the 1950s, people were dressing up as Batman and going to conventions. Okay, but there's other versions of cosplay too. Like when you have war reenactments, that's a form of cosplay. Oh, and that is not clowning. That That is like the opposite of clowning. I will say clowning doesn't always have to be funny. It can also be serious as well. I think clowning, when we think of the term clowning, we're thinking of like Barnum and Bailey clowning. But the act of clowning is like taking somebody that's not a part of like the main performance and because i've seen clown quote unquote acts where it was actually very sad but it was Mm -hmm. done very well and it was just a transition into the next part of the story they are not the main character at all but they did a very good job with 
kind of filling that clowning role, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I tend to think of it as like an over-the-top, out-of-place performance amongst something else. Well, Whether it's happy or goofy or sad or depressing, like it can it can span the full range of emotions, but it it distinctly stands out compared to other things, other performances going on around it. I mean, I, well, again, as- I, I would say that cosplay fits into that. Imagine if you're going to a video game convention and people are there to see games, you know, being presented by companies or, you know, comic book convention. And all of a sudden you have somebody dressed in a dragon suit, like, you know, something crazy. It is something different than what's being presented. And it's for them to show their love for whatever they dressed as. I mean, I'm not saying it's 100% clowning. And there, there's no denying that it's not. I just think it is a, a modern day way people participate in that extravagant, over the top style of theater in a, a new sort of art form. I guess when I think of cosplay, I think of it as being a, well, it doesn't have to be large, but I typically think a large group of people who are all performing together. Whereas when I think of clowning, I typically think of an individual or a small group of individuals performing differently than other performers around them. Well, if you're going to a convention and you're cosplaying, usually there's so many. Like there are mm-hmm. sometimes like groups where it's like all the Power Rangers or all of the Sailor Moon people. I don't know what they're called. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the groups of people that can cosplay together as a group going to the convention. But Overall, everybody's going as their own sort of individual character and trying to stand out from all the other characters there. I mean, I guess like a lot of times if you (laughs) a lot of times when I've seen like videos of of conventions where they take pictures and videos of all of the cosplayers, you find like a million Spider-Men and they get them all together and and kind of take a picture (laughs) with all of them doing like the different poses and everything. And and that is actually really fun to see. So they kind of create their own group even though the intention was not to go there to create their own group their intention was i think to go there to be like i'm (laughs) spider-man but i i mean i think cosplay in general i think is it's a really unique form of art because especially recently it's gotten so popular and by recently i mean like the last 10 years it's gotten so popular and it is its own form of art Mm -hmm. and it's so cool to see what people do and the time and the effort that they put into making their costumes, making their props, making, you know, doing all of the makeup and the hairstyling or whatever. It's incredible. And there's, I mean, there's people that I follow on on Instagram who it's their full-time job now is mm. to just make cosplay, whether they're being partnered with, you know, World of Warcraft or any, like, any of the games out there, like, the people will pay them to to kind of help promote their new game and it's like hey will you create a cosplay and help us promote our new game like that's just so cool i think it's i think it's really cool and i think cosplay in general is cool my question is if you guys could cosplay what would you cosplay as well first of all i just want to say to everyone (laughs) has anyone here cosplayed besides the ren fair I was just about oh, to say, does say, the Renaissance yes? Festival count? Because, yes. Because <laughs> that's many, easy many to go there, I guess. I, I have cosplayed a few times, and it is it is actually a wonderful environment to be in because everyone's so like-minded and everyone's in that yes and state where it's just like, give me something and I'm going to throw something back at you. And it's really nice because m- mostly everyone there is positive. And I think 
one of my weird stipulations for myself if i were to cosplay is i want to be able to do the voice of that character mm-hmm. because then i feel like i can delve into that character a little bit more and then my cosplay feels that much more believable one character i've always wanted to do and and i still always have been thinking about i just need to figure out how to do it is a junk rat from overwatch because i could do junk rat's voice and uh, i'm a bit tall and i it's just fun acting like pretty crazy and i have a few friends who would also do other overwatch characters and being able to do the voices back and forth between overwatch characters has always been super super fun so if you get like a little group of overwatch cosplayers and you all go out it's just like magical is the wrong word it's just it's really nice to be in that environment where you can do your voice and no one's chant. They're all like encouraging you. They're like, yeah, this is great. You're a great cosplayer. I love you. Like everyone's just so happy and nice there. It's great. Love cosplaying. So Junkrat, it would Junkrat. just be Junkrat? I think Junkrat is the one I've really thought of just because he has such a, a distinct voice that I think if I were to cosplay him and do the voice, it would be like, oh yeah, you're Junkrat. But yeah, it would pretty much just be Junkrat at the moment because that's the one I know I can definitely do. I don't have a specific character. I, I, I've not thought of it. Cosplaying is not super, super interesting to me to perform, but I like seeing other people do it. Like there, there's no, there's no character that I think I would really want to jump into and act, you know, crazy for and build this ridiculous costume. But I love the craftsmanship and of watching other people do it. And I love watching them get into it and, you know, perform it. I, I've gone to the Ren Fair dressed up and pretended like I wouldn't say cosplayed, but I pretended to be a character, you know, mm-hmm. at the Ren Fair, which is always great to do. Same thing. It's the environment mm-hmm. you're in. You see a bunch of people do it. I will say as a side note, I don't like people that cosplay in environments that don't necessarily support the cosplay. And here's the only example that I can give. Last time I went to a Ren Fair was a long time ago, and it was right when the Assassin's Creed games, especially the Ezio series, was like at its pinnacle. And everybody was, oh yeah, you saw so many people dressed up as Ezio or like, you know, an assassin from one of those games and just like pretending like they're creeping around the Ren Fair. And it <laughs> it was a it was the wrong environment for a cosplay of that sort because it wasn't for a video game character but to them they were like oh this is where this character would go and i can totally understand why they would want to do it and have a lot of fun doing it but it seemed slightly out of place to i guess just about everybody else that uh, like especially me and i can't really judge them you know go do what you want do what makes you happy but it to me just seemed a little bit off i will say as far as people that regularly attend the ren fair there's like a huge stipulation where they hate cosplayers because they feel like if you're going to go to the Ren Fair, you should dress up as something Ren Fair-esque. Don't come as like an anime character or a Star Wars character or anything like you should come dressed as the the characters of the time. And I think at the very end, I think it's like the last weekend, the weekend of what is it? It's like the oddity weekend or weekend of odd or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Where any that that's the only weekend that it's like you can cosplay it's as whatever you the want. The last day that the run fest is open of the season. Mm. Yeah, it's like day. you're you're specifically allowed to come in cosplay of whatever. But they try to like make it a little more not lifelike, but a little more Ren fairy the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. I. The only time I am okay with it is when somebody takes a character, like 
a stormtrooper or something, but then they turn that stormtrooper into a Renfair character where they blend it. And that's, I'm like, that's yeah. clever. Okay, you can you can still be here. And I'm not going to like kick anyone out or feel like they need to leave if you know they're they're dressed in a cosplay but it does it does feel a little off when you're you see a stormtrooper walking around the grove you're like what what's happening <laughs> for the time the guy showed up in Darth Vader costume but he was wearing a kilt oh yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's if it's the nod to the cosplay i'm i'm, I'm okay with that i think people probably don't know that specifically the rent fair that we've all been to is the the one in maryland in uh, it's by annapolis and it's a pretty large Ren Fair, and uh, they've got a lot of really great performers there. Most people probably don't realize that there is a storyline that goes on mm -hmm. every year between just about every character that's there. You know, people that are performing, they have like a king and a queen and knights and, you know, the, the, the different actors court. and stuff. Yeah, they're all part of a cast performing a very long form semi-scripted improv slash play out in the open and you're supposed to go and experience that play and see the different shows and you know different reenactments and yes of course there's comedy bits and stuff like that but most people probably don't realize that and i think that's again i, I don't know just speculating that might be a reason why the renfair people don't necessarily like the cosplayers is because the renfair people are usually trained in theater or have a theater mm -hmm. background and they are trying to perform a show and maybe the cosplayers are coming in and distracting them distracting people from the show that they are trying to put on again and cosplayers okay. are going as if it's a festival whereas the performers are going as if it is theater mm -hmm. yes yeah. yeah and it's just an interesting mix between it i think mm -hmm. no i don't think either is wrong i prefer i guess because i know that about the that specific run fair I know that I, I like it when it is more acting or more theater based as opposed to cosplay, but I've never been to that last cosplay day. That sounds actually pretty fun. So good. Yeah. yeah because so the, good. The, the theater, the environment that you're in is suited mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything's tying back together for once. <laughs> <laughs> we did see a guy dressed as Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragons. And I was like, I'm okay with that. Because I think his daughter was dressed as as uh, Toothless or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cute. That's fine. You, you're you cool. The best I think costume I ever saw, a guy was dressed as Q from Star Trek Next Generation. And it was the best costume I have ever seen like out in public before. He was amazing. I, I think my main problems with with those costumes, I think they're fine when you ren fair them up, right? It's just when you expect to interact with the paid people there and they like you you expect there to be like a better interaction or you want to interact in a certain way with them. That's where it gets iffy because like, yeah, show off your costumes. Cool. But just you're not necessarily the center of attention here. It's everyone else that is being paid to put on a show yeah because yeah. i like cool costumes i'm like bring me all your cool costumes that sounds fun just don't go out and be bold and brash about it except for the last day yeah but i guess that is kind of the cool part about conventions is that you know you can be bold and brash about your costumes that's the whole point of it is like yeah. look at me <laughs> look how cool exactly. my costume is <laughs> Look how much fucking money and time I spent on making this costume. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like that perfect environment suited for that. Everyone's that way. So why not me be that way? So 
Yeah, Would you guys spectrum. consider things like dressing up in character and talking in character for a movie showing? Would that be considered cosplay as well? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're, so you're... then, Amy, you and I have also done cosplay in other ways. <laughs> oh, what I, movie? Um... For what movie, huh? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get the tea on this one. <laughs> Times two, you, actually. <laughs> were you yeah, drunk beforehand or after? Now she was a teenager. Okay, so before yeah. her birthday. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, for my swashbuckling 16, because, yep, that's what I had. I had uh, a swashbuckling 16 because I was super cool. Everyone and was asked to all... dress up like pirates. Uh, yeah, I asked everyone to dress up like pirates. So we all went dressed up like pirates and went to see the movie. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I also, for, I can't remember what movie, but one of the Twilight movies also dressed up like one of the evil vampires. So I've technically <laughs> done it twice, but we're not going to talk about that second wow. time. It's fine. <laughs> it's impressive. Hey, I won a costume contest with that contest or with that costume, <laughs> and I won a free book from it. So, hey, <laughs> yeah. But is that really a win? A free Twilight book? At the time it was. At the time I was very proud. <laughs> oh, the times they are changing. <laughs> Wait, did, I did. When you got it. God, what was it? Oh, what, I was Mike? just going to say when, when you got it, or did you tell the person who gave it to you? You know, I actually read the fan fiction before it came out as a book, and you were like all super proud about it. First of all, that's Fifty Shades of Grey. And yes, I did read the fan fiction before it came out as a book. So no. the fan right, fiction was way better. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made fun of you. <laughs> So I no, did a different fine. kind of cosplay a long time ago. It was kind of like one of those murder mystery experiences. I except want to do that. It, well, I know I've always wanted to do those. This one was put on by a local church. So instead of a murder mystery, it was like somebody stole something. And everybody had to go try and investigate to figure out where the missing whatever it was went. But you were all characters in this village, all working together to figure out the mystery. And so whatever character you were assigned, you know, you act that out. And while you weren't in costume, you were still role playing it. And the people who were assigned to various rooms within the building that you had to go speak to to figure things out, they were in full costume acting out their role very in detail. So I thought that one. It was a little bit different of an experience, but that was a lot of fun, too. Here's something that is timely, I guess. I don't know. It opened up this month. Is Has anybody heard of the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser? Oh, is that the Disney, right? No, yeah. no, it's like an actual cruise, right? It, it is a hotel that is shaped okay, like sorry. a Star Cruiser. And um, I believe it's for like like two or three people, room? yeah, it's like $5,000 for a two-night stay, Ugh. which is ridiculous. And that's obviously why it's getting a bunch of headlines. The thing that was kind of interesting to me is that they encourage their guests to cosplay and to mm. get into the role. And there mm. is a whole theater aspect about it where there's like a story that goes on and you try and get involved with it and you can talk to the various characters that are, you know, are being played there, which is unique. And, you know, I thought I've never heard of anything like that. I guess it could be like a dinner theater type experience like you were talking about, Missy, but it goes on for multiple days, which is the more unique thing about it. I don't know that I'd pay the money to do that, but if someone like bought me a ticket, I'd be like, <laughs> hell yes, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. The kind of thing where like everything is included and... You just have yeah. to show up. 
Yeah, yeah. Free is my favorite kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely review anything for free. Not my, almost anything. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> I have some great fan fiction. Do you want to read it? <laughs> no, no, sure. no. For free. Sure. Uh, Amy, to go back to your original question, what would you cosplay? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. For me, it's usually not specific characters, but more genres. So like going as a generic pirate or going as a generic Renaissance era person. That's usually where I'm more comfortable because then I can make it my own character with my own costume or comforts or or twists to whatever. But if there's one character that I think I might actually be able to pull off is going to be Ursula from The Little Mermaid. I think I could do that one. Oh, the lobster, right, under the sea, <laughs> got it. <laughs> yes, yep. Uh, I think, so there, okay, well, first of all, I feel like you could be great. You're just out there all evil, singing your heart out. That's perfect for you. It works for a bigger shaped woman to be that character. And I feel like I am also very pale, so I could pull it off. Well, you'd have to be purple. Yeah, she's got like a grayish thing going on too, so it wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> she's mostly gray, isn't? Isn't she? Yeah. Is she purple? Think, now I'm thinking I she wrong. Was she was gray, but like on the Definitely more red. violet end of the gray spectrum oh, okay. instead of the blue end. Yeah, or the taupe end. I think in cosplay, from what I've seen, there's a lot of sort of gatekeeping that happens with people and body shapes specifically people who are bigger where the idea is like well you can't play that character because you're not as small as them or you're not as tall as them or you're not the same gender as them or whatever it might be and I think that really sucks because you know Miss you and I are larger ladies and that would narrow down our choice of what we could play to a very few minimum minimal kind of people and I think as long as it's a character that you love and a character that you want to dress up as I think that that's totally fine like as long as that you're not hurting anybody with your cosplay I mean like and by hurting I mean like you're not being racist sexist homophobic towards anyone by doing that cosplay then anybody can cosplay as anything you know I, I think that a lot of the people that I'd want to cosplay are probably a lot skinnier than me, but I probably feel like because there is that sort of weird stipulation within the the community, even though everyone is very open and I know that there is a lot of love that goes on in the community, I feel like I'd also have like a harder time wanting to cosplay as different characters because I am a larger person and I would just, I wouldn't want the hate. <laughs> so I'd be like, never mind, I'll just do something different. So I will I say think- it's, it's probably a very small part of the community that is. Oh, yeah, like I'm not that. saying it's a whole community. Sorry. Yeah, it's, I'm it's not, a very, it's, oh, and, 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 yeah, I didn't think yeah. you were saying that. But okay. putting it into perspective, there is always going to be somebody who hates what you do. There's somebody mm-hmm. that is listening to this podcast right now that hates all of us. You know, they're like, <laughs> hey, think we're there. Hey, we love you. Though. Yeah, we Wait, love why, you. Why are you still listening to us? We, we can't change those people's opinions. And, you know, all we can do is do what we want and do it the best that we possibly can. And maybe by doing it the best we possibly can, it will sway their opinion. You know, if I was going to to be like Prince Charming, I am not physically prince charming at all i am the exact opposite i am haggard you know and you could definitely pull off the beast yeah i could yeah, i could be the beast <laughs> I, actually i think tommy is more the beast right now he's he's getting i could be 
He's getting swollen. All the hair. <laughs> I am. Yeah. But in general, if I wanted to, to cosplay as Prince Charming, somebody's going to hate that. And it's mm-hmm. just going to happen. And I think in life, we, we kind of have to accept that not everybody's going to openly love and accept everything we do. But you just ignore the haters. And you do it because you want to do it. That sort of thing. There's nothing wrong with cosplaying something that is uh, different than what you look. As long yeah. as you're respectful at, when you do it. And you you do it to the best of your ability and you don't hate the people that are hating you. You just ignore that. I, I was going to say, it's it's okay to put those like little rules on yourself. You're like, you know what? I feel like it'd be really weird to play Wolverine because I'm much taller than Wolverine. Like, that's okay. Just don't put those rules on other people because they may be really passionate about Wolverine and they may be like seven foot, but let them freaking cosplay Wolverine because that's what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... It, I, I don't know. I, I I feel it's. I know it's the loud minority of like the cosplay group that is like, oh, if you're bigger, you can't cosplay skinny people. It is just really annoying that they are the loud part of the cosplay group because it's like, just let people do what they want if they're passionate about this. Let them be passionate. Let them show their passion for this. So yeah, I, I think the best thing you could do is create that open community for other people. So if you mm-hmm, see somebody true. in a in a costume that is totally not the original version of it, if you see they're happy, tell them, "Hey, I'm yeah. I'm glad you came in that costume." And that is the biggest way to expand the community and make it more acceptable. Yeah. I thought it of was... another example and this ties in with what you're talking about. When I was in high school, one of our assignments for I think it was AP Lit, we had a speakeasy. And everybody had to pick a a writer or someone from that specific time period that influenced the arts. You had to go as them and do some kind of performance as them. So I broke the norm and I went as a guy instead of as a girl. And a lot of people were really like, "Uh because, you know, more conservative atmosphere at the time. I think I went as Ernest Hemingway as one of the major writers and i did like a whole like speech thing or whatever as that dressed up in one of my dad's suits and i was shocked that he actually let me do it but dressed up in one of his suits and all decked out to the nine put my hair back and it was tight as i could to make it look like i was you know a guy i i remember Had that day missy because a lot of fun I, I don't think people were upset with you wearing the suit or anything i think they were upset because you showed up absolutely hammered to try and nail the role of Ernest hemingway <laughs> <laughs> you were just like hugging <laughs> booze. And it was very like, inappropriate. You were underage, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was 16. I wasn't drinking. How dare you? The punch wasn't spiked. <laughs> no, not until you spiked it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it was awesome. at first, I was really scared to like walk into that room dressed as a guy and. Some people gave me some crap about it, but a lot of other people just ignore me like they always did anyways. And feeling like being ignored by people actually helped make me feel comfortable going in that different role. But yeah, just to tie back in, I have done the different aspect, which today is not really that big of a deal. Like a dress up guy, who cares? But yeah, back 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back uh, then, back at a school (laughs) that was located uh surrounded by a huge kkk community was it's not so great (laughs) uh emi you can cut this out but you need to talk more about that (laughs) sorry what oh Oh. yeah the 
the like leader of the KKK community, wizard in, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, in right. Maryland. I thought was it? No, it was not in Maryland. It was, it was like, like the eastern, the eastern east coast, or something. Yeah, whatever. He lived, he in, lived Edgewater. in Edgewater, <laughs> and his son went to high school. I think. He, did you have a son as well that went? Was I don't went because I, I had I, I had remember. one of his sons was my class, and <laughs> I was just like, cool. I'm just gonna. <laughs> not talk to you <laughs> he was in like the the white bro trucker community and he him and all of his buddies always brought their like spit containers to school um, uh, yeah and they would just like leave him there and i'm like why why like ugh. i if i had to say i think one of the biggest groups of cosplayers are the kkk because they are trying to go <laughs> as D characters they're like the grand wizard wrong. and the ogre yeah. wrangler <laughs> And like the dragon yeah. master, they're they have the craziest names. Yeah, they they are always trying to cosplay as like traffic. They're always cones. in costume. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We, I mean, as the cosplay community, I think we can all agree that's someone that needs to stop cosplaying. Yeah, for it is sure. Not appropriate in any setting to cosplay. Yep. Do you followed think- by Nazis? Please stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a World War uh, II reenactment. Not even ironically. Just stop. <laughs> do you think that if you had to go as a cosplay for something, would you be more comfortable in a mask? And this is for everybody. Or full paint? Because you can hide behind a mask quite a bit. Mask. Um, Definitely mask. I, I think I'm the type that if I had to go in a cosplay somewhere... I, it would be all out in the open. I would have I would, people would know who I am, and I would act ridiculous enough to to make whatever character I wanted to make. But I think if I tried to hide behind a mask, I might actually get a little bit more shy for some reason. Like I don't I have that I, immediate. I think feedback. I totally agree with you. Huh. Like if I'm in that, if I don't, unless it was a character that strictly was like hides behind a mask and they're very like sneaky and hidden then uh, just do the body paint you're already out there you know cosplaying and acting as this character you might as well go full into it at least that's how i feel i feel like that body paint would give me that opportunity to do so because i can't hide behind anything i'm right there in front of everyone so i think for me to bring it back to theater I had an easier time performing on stage in front of people, even though I felt like I wanted to throw up. It was still easier because it wasn't me. So if I made a mistake, I didn't make a mistake. My character made a mistake, you know, Mm. and it was way easier to perform when you were performing not as you. You were performing as someone else. I mean, you're never really performing as you on stage. But I I find that having that character kind of mindset it's way easier because it's like you can be silly and ridiculous and crazy and outlandish. It's fine because that's a character and it doesn't matter. So if someone's judging you, they're judging that character. At least that's how I felt. And so I feel like for cosplay, I don't know that it would necessarily matter if I was wearing a mask or full body paint as long as I was a character and not just me dressed up as that character. I feel like I'd try to, to do my best to to yeah like Tommy was saying talk like that character or at least maybe be silent but just pose or like give stares or or whatever but just if I if I came up with that or not came up with that character sorry if I cosplayed as that character fully I think I'd just have an easy time rather than just dressing up like at the Ren Fair I always try to talk with an accent and you know I I try not to just be like hi I'm Amy at the Ren Fair I I try to go with some sort of accent or pretend that I'm a character just because it it makes interacting with people so much easier in my opinion 
I guess I misunderstood what you were asking. I was thinking, would you rather go as a character who has to, like, who uses a mask, so like a masquerade ball type character, or would you rather go as a character who has to paint, so like a character from Guardians of the Galaxy who's another color? I oh. thought you were no, talking about I, that I way. Just, I, that's actually kind of what I was, not specifically paint, but would you rather go as a character that wears a mask so you can kind of hide it behind it? Because there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that. You can change your personality behind a mask. And it, it makes it easier to disguise who you are and portray a character. Um, mm -hmm. I would say for, for me personally, it probably wouldn't. I'd, because I'm already going in something that's ridiculous, a mask, I would, I would try to take it to the next level and just say, ah, forget the mm -hmm. mask. I'm just going to put whatever paint or whatever I want on my face to make me look like that character to take it to the ridiculous level. But there's no judgment if you want to wear a mask instead of yeah. not. Like It's just it's an interesting concept. I enjoy wearing masks, especially when they're ones that I've gotten to design, like the masquerade style. It's a lot of fun to make them. And I don't know. I like them. But I also have that that feeling of safety. It's like a little shield where they're not looking at me. They're looking at my mask. So for someone like me who's very self-conscious and insecure, having that mask is a layer of social protection. Yeah, I, I totally get that. On the flip side... Mm -hmm. I don't wear makeup. Like, if I wear makeup, I'm throwing on a quick thing of lipstick. I'm not a makeup person. So the idea of completely covering my face and part of my body in makeup is just like, oh, just kill me. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not my thing. I, I would be more excited probably about, like, putting, you know, being completely blue or purple or whatever than I would just wearing day-to-day -day foundation. But... I still, it would be tedious to put on teeth to take off. And I just feel layered. Like it, it's uncomfortable for me to wear. So, yeah, I yeah. apparently a lot of the cosplays are pretty heavy and, and uh, heat inducing. Yeah. <laughs> so that would probably be better oh, for yeah. you, anyways, to, yeah. to have a mask that if you're sweating, no one can, can see you. So, no so one can see it. me sweating. Or I can literally just, oh, I'm taking this off for 10 minutes because I need a break as opposed to, <laughs> I can't do anything about this. Let me go stand in your walk-in. <laughs> yeah. The classic walk-in every convention center holds. <laughs> I would just go as the sweatiest character that I could find and it would play right into it. It'd look great. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm going as a character who's under intense interrogation. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like those kind of cosplays where they're the really subtle ones. Like there was one guy who was at a convention and he was like an older man and he had a broom and everyone thought he was a janitor, but he was dressed up for, as the janitor from oh uh Futurama. Futurama. Yeah. And everyone, no one realized that he was Ruffy. in costume. They thought he was just a janitor walking around. And finally, someone like stopped him and was like, I love your costume. He's like, Oh, thanks. You're like the first person to notice. And I'm like, I, I love those too, where it's like you're in costume, but nobody knows. Like, I think yeah. that's pretty cool too. Uh, yeah, I I really, really, really love the obscure ones. Like Miss was saying, it's like, Yeah, I'm this character that came on screen for one scene. And I loved him, and I'm cosplaying them. Like, yeah. I love this so much. The character from a single episode of a long series. And exactly. Who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> I, like the, I, I like the funny ones, too. I think, I guess funny ones are usually more for, I guess, Halloween parties. 
where it's like, oh, I'm we're salt and pepper shakers or like I'm a serial <laughs> killer. And they have like the knives through all the little cereal boxes or whatever. <laughs> like those are funny. And I don't think that they'd be inappropriate or out of place at a convention. But I feel like that better suits like a Halloween party yeah. rather than a convention. For spirit week and school once, one of the days was dress up as a Hollywood star. I couldn't think of anything that I could possibly pull off. So I wore a white shirt and I cut out a felt yellow star and tacked it to my shirt. And everyone's like, what are you? I'm Hollywood star. (laughs) 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 So our, our parents hate Halloween. They, they never celebrated it. We were never allowed to celebrate it except for one time when I was in kindergarten, they were doing, we were all dressing up and mom let me dress up as well for whatever reason. And she made my costume and my favorite my favorite books were the I Spy books. And so I was I Spy Girl. And so she made me like a little mask and I had a little card on like a little string that was around my neck and you had to find all the things on me. And she sewed a bunch of items to like my shirt and my pants. (laughs) And so everyone would like go around and I still have a picture of it actually, (laughs) but you you had to like go around and like find all the things sewn on me. And I was like, that's, I like that. That was was really clever. Yeah. Mm. I was going to get later on the the idea that just about everybody in their life in America, I guess, has been cosplaying if they've ever gone trick or treating and dressed up. So, yeah, 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 it's, you know, it's just the acceptable time to do it. It's more than just dressing up, though. I think that's the distinction. It's actually performing, like acting out whatever you're dressed up as. Mm, It can be. Yeah. If you're actually actually, performing, I think it goes close to the clowning idea. (laughs) (laughs) There was, I think one of the coolest cosplays I've ever seen was from this paralyzed person who they were paralyzed from the waist down and they absolutely used that completely to their advantage. They were Iron Man, the top half, and then a mermaid, the bottom half. (laughs) And it was so well done. Everyone loved his oh, cosplay. And I'm like, <laughs> more. I need more of this type of stuff. This is awesome from you. And it was like one of those things where everyone was like so loving and accepting of this person because they had a damn good cosplay, that's for sure. <laughs> it's they didn't get they didn't stereotype themselves into something like, oh, I have to be Professor X or you know, something like that. Like they yeah, actually yeah. came up with something really creative and clever that worked yeah. with their situation. I, I love it. So there's another one that I really enjoy where someone was in a a wheelchair and they cosplayed uh, somebody from Tron and their wheelchair was one of the bikes from Tron. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like, so they were riding around on their bike and and I was like, that's (laughs) that's pretty cool. So they all all the neon lights everywhere. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I I like when there's like stuff like that. Yeah. I just think it's, I I think it's fun. I think it's a, a really fun way to express your love of different fandoms and also to share in that love with other people because even if you don't know what that character is from you can tell how much time and effort and love went into that mm-hmm. that costume and i think it's so i would love to go to a convention i'd love to cosplay because i just i would love to experience that sort of community i think that'd be really really exciting and i really the only thing that i ha- i have to compare it to is the ren fair which is as we've discussed kind of a a different ballpark but yeah i definitely i don't know who i'd cosplay as probably jester from critical role their campaign too but other than that i don't know like i don't i don't have a character that i love so much that i'm like i want to cosplay as them absolutely and i think that's also the issue is like you have to 
like I love genres. I love movies and yeah. you know, there are characters that are great, but I'm like, I don't know that I love that one character so much that I'd want to cosplay him as. Mm. Well, but what about you guys listening at home? What kind of cosplays would you like to dress up as or create? We would love to see pictures of it. We want to see all your cosplays. And uh, let us know if you've been to conventions and we would you know, love to hear from you. You can reach us at 1L2N Productions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. And if you like what we're doing here and want to help show your support for what we're doing, you can head on over to our Patreon. And the last word of the day goes to Liam. Take it away. Did you know there was a hat in Roblox that was sold for almost $2,800? That's crazy. <laughs>